Amen. I'd like to welcome everyone this morning, and I believe I see several first-time guests with us today, and we are so happy to have you with us this morning. Thank you for being here. If you are joining us online somewhere this morning, we pray that you're blessed by this service today as well. God is not limited to a location. He fills all space, all time. He's pretty amazing. Amen. Well, this is one of those services that I don't look forward to. Where the message is completely different than the flow prior. And used to, I would always think I missed it when that happened. And now I realize God is a God of balance. And many times He does that to balance out the Word. Now it's not a not an unkind or mean whatever message, so don't don't get your guard up. But but uh it it it's uh it's gonna be a little different. And I want you to know that worship team has perfectly done their job. So I'm not going to question what I have because of them, and I don't want them or you to question them because of me. So, amen. Jeremiah chapter 18. That being said, I, I really believe I have a message for somebody this morning. I think it's probably more than one somebody. But if nothing else, for one person this morning that would hopefully have faith to hear and receive. Jeremiah 18, verse number 3. Jeremiah 18 and 3. Oh, we'll just start with verse 1. The word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord, saying, Arise, go down to the potter's house, And there I will cause thee to hear my words. Sometimes you got to get in the right place to hear from God. He may not be speaking where you are. He wants you to get in the right spot and then he'll speak. Then I went down to the potter's house and behold, he wrought a work on the wheels. And the vessel that he was, and the vessel that he made of clay was marred in the hand of the potter. So he made it again another vessel as seemed good to the potter to make it. I want you to go down to the potter's house because I want to say something to you. And then Isaiah 64 and verse number eight. Isaiah 64 and verse eight. But now, O Lord, Thou art our Father. So he tells he tells Jeremiah, I want you to go down to the potter's house. And when you get there, I'm going to talk to you. Isaiah tells us, we... Somebody say we. We are the clay. And thou are potter. And we all are the work... Of thy hand. Jeremiah, I want you to go down to the potter's house. I want to show you something. I want to talk to you there. 
Isaiah says very plainly, we are the clay and he is the potter. I want to preach to you this morning this subject. Look at the hands. Look at the hands. God, your presence has been in this place all morning. You have already ministered. You have already worked. You have ministered through the songs that have been sung, the prayers that have been prayed. And I believe that people have already received this morning things that they needed. In fact, God, I believe whether we know it at this moment or not, miracles have been done in this place today by the power and the work of your Spirit. God, I also know and believe that you are not done working in this service today and there are people you desire to speak to and minister to. I pray that your word would find good ground this morning, that hearts and lives would be benefited by it. Father, I pray, I trust you this morning. I trust you for your anointing. I depend on you. I can acknowledge that without you, Lord, I can do nothing. In the name of Jesus Christ, in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. If you don't really know this about the Scripture, I don't have time to do more than barely even scratch the surface of it. But it really is amazing the way God works even from the very beginning of time in creation. God is the originator of the object lesson. God is the author of the object lesson. There are many things in life that when you get, you can get sort of an object lesson or a mental picture of it. There are There are things that may be challenging to understand, but that object lesson makes it clear. My first ministry role here at this church was youth pastor, and I spent seven years as youth pastor. And I tried, uh, I, I guess I tried, I was always looking for some kind of object lesson to use when I taught or preached. And as many of you know, from time to time, I still, every now and then, Brother Brunel Spriggs will ask me when he greets me in the morning to check on me, do we have any objects today? Do we got any? So every now and then, that's still the case. But God was the one, that wasn't our idea. If all you read in Genesis 1 is the account of creation and you just read it as sort of an informational thing, you are missing some amazing principles. Just just one simple thing, just one simple point in there. He, he, he says that he created the seasons. He put the stars and the sun in them. He put all those things in place for times and seasons. And one of the most important principles any person can ever grasp is that life, not just naturally speaking, but life, your life revolves around seasons. And you will never live in one season forever. 
You're going to go through some winter times in your life, and you're going to go through some spring times, and you're going to go through some summer. There's been a couple of days this week where I don't know about you, but I just wish somehow, as much as I love winter, and winter is still my favorite season, but then, boy, if we could just, if we could just clone this day, if we could just have this day all the time, but we understand that won't happen. I walked out of the house a little over a week ago, I think it was, and it seemed like just overnight, it probably wasn't quite that drastic, but overnight it was just like God changed the thermostat. I walked out and, whoa, I mean it was, my thermostat in my car said 71, I felt like I needed to go get my overcoat on. I mean we dropped 30 degrees. What a, it's a, what a great day for a patio fellowship. It's going to be a lovely evening. But most of us are pretty certain, as much as we may hold out hope that this is the start of fall, I can pretty much guarantee you there are still some summer-like days in the next couple of weeks. Because it's a season that is changing. And so all throughout scripture and God uses so many things in the natural to give us spiritual understanding. And so one of those things that we find several places throughout scripture, Isaiah uses it, Jeremiah uses it, uh, one other prophet I think it was in the Old Testament uses it. We find Paul referring to it. You even find the word potter in the book of Revelation. And so all throughout scripture we find this imagery of pottery. And again, Isaiah says very plainly, we, we are the clay and he is the potter. Anybody ever had a chance someplace? There's some, there's a couple of vacation places or trips we've made that whether it was just in a store or sometimes in a, one of these historic kind of village replicas, whatever. Anybody ever seen, been able to see a potter work? Anybody ever seen it on YouTube if you haven't seen it in real life? It's an, it's, it's, it is a, Process. Somebody say process. It is a process. It is not an event. It is not an act. It is a process. And that potter works. He takes usually what starts as a lump of clay that has no shape. It, it, or, or it has, it, it, it has shape, but the shape is a blob. There is, there, there doesn't seem to be much there, but the potter knows what he's going to make. He's, he's got an idea in mind of what that lump of clay is going to become. He puts it on the wheel. The term for, for that is called throwing. It's called throwing. And he puts it on that wheel and then he begins to shape it. He begins to spin that wheel. And I guess nowadays there's probably electrical ones in, 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 in older times. And when they first started, it was oftentimes done by a foot pump and the, and the potter would, would, would pump it as it would turn and it would spin. I got a question this morning. Is there anybody either in your past or currently today, you kind of feel like this? (laughs) 
Guess what? That's a good place to be. Because it means there's a good chance you're on the wheel. Circumstances often seem to be the wheel of the potter. I believe there's probably at least one person, I'm going to go with really high odds right now. There's at least one person that right now you feel pretty much like this. Spinning and spinning, almost feeling like, oh, hallelujah. Almost feeling like you're spinning out of control. But can I tell you, you're not spinning out of control because the wheel does not spin at its own pace. The wheel spins at the pace the potter determines it needs to spin. And sometimes that may be a little faster than other times. But the spinning of the wheel is controlled by the potter. I, there's some people in this place, a couple of you, it's not by the spirit, it's by, it's by natural means, it's by just hearing that I know you're dealing with some, you've got some circumstances. You've got some circumstances you don't want. Things are spinning and spinning and spinning and spinning and You just want them to stop spinning. And yet, that's a great place to be. But then, not only is there the spinning, there is the working of the hand of the potter. As it begins to push. Is there anybody this morning that not only do you feel this, but at the same time, you feel like something's bearing down on you? I am victorious. <laughs> I, the part of me is, Lord, just take it away. Just take, let it blow up. Those hands shape, and if the clay had feeling, I would imagine it would feel some pressure. Sometimes it's probably not great pressure. It's just enough to cause a little bit of shaping. And then other times it's, it perhaps is some pretty significant pressure being pushed onto that clay as it is spinning and being shaped. <laughs> Jeremiah, and what the Lord said to him was, I want you to go down to the potter's house and I want you to watch him work with the clay and Verse 4, he says, The vessel that he made was marred in the hand of the potter. How about this? I love this. Somebody needs to recognize this. It was marred in the hand of the potter, but he did not just throw that marred vessel away and start with something new. Oh, hallelujah. I'm not to the point, but there's some stuff that needs to be said before we get to the point. He did not look at the, at the marred vessel, at the defective vessel and throw it away. I, I, I had a cup. I don't, sometimes people do stuff in my house without my permission. I had a cup. It was my cup. It was my coffee cup. I, I use a large coffee cup in the morning because the way I make my coffee, I'm better off with one large cup than I am with two cups. 
because two cups with the amount of sugar that I put is twice as much than my larger cup. Man, I had this Maryland cup. I got it. At, I got it at the. I got it myself, man. Somehow I got this little chip on the edge of it. I knew where that chip was. I'm smart enough to not be licking the edge of the cup. I, I know that. And one day it's gone. Where's my cup? Well, it was chipped. So, wasn't chipped where I drank. It was fine. Man, it's kind of like, I don't know, some of you made it, but it's, it's kind of like an old dirty hat. I mean, there's just nothing quite like an old dirty hat. I'm sure you ladies are probably like, oh my, would you do something? Yeah, I'm going to put it on my head. You want to put that? Yes, absolutely. Or I got this, I don't even know where I got it. I got this Navy sweatshirt. I, I think it must have been my dad's or bro. I don't know where it ended up in my stuff years ago. And man, the, 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 the sleeve, it is literally the entire sleeve is, it, it, it's free. It's, it's flaps. That's like the best sweatshirt I got, man. I think I still have it. Might need to check when I go home today. The potter did not look at the marred vessel and say, oh well. He didn't say it would have been nice, it could have been nice, it could have been useful, it really could have been lovely. On No, he looks at the marred vessel and he makes it again another vessel. The problem with that is to get from the marred vessel to another vessel means you're going to get pushed back together into a shapeless lump of clay and things are going to be spinning out of control. But that really is a good thing because it is the process of getting you to something of great value. He made it again. Another vessel. Nowadays, most stuff, some of you are old enough, you came from a time... When something broke, you fixed it. Now, it re- it's not about selfishness or whatever. Nowadays, it's just, it's just cheaper. Just cheaper to get a new one. If it breaks, just go, if your printer breaks, go buy another one. Just, just go. But God does not work that way with you and I. In fact, the, the prophet said a, 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 a bruised reed and a smoking flax, will he not? He's not going to, that reed could have various uses. My understanding is one of the things they could do with those reeds is they could carve it into like a little flute. But if it, if it was broke, you just throw it away because there's many more. If the, if the, if the lamp is about to burn out, just go ahead and put it out. Be done with it. But that's not what the prophet says. He says he's going to take care of what is bruised and nurture it back to health and make it whole again. And if it's a, if it's a flame that is flickering and about to go out, rather than just extinguish it, he's going to give some fresh oil and he's going to cause it to burn again. But to get there requires a wheel. And to get there requires hands. 
It requires the hand of the potter that at some times... Anybody ever been walking through a parking lot with one of your toddlers and, 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 and you just grabbed, you saw a car coming and you squeezed a little extra hard and, and the child might kind of pull and say, you're hurting me. And in that moment as the parent, you say, oh well. Cause I'm not trying to be unkind or mean, but I recognize as the smarter person here, there is some danger and there are some times we prayed for miracles and I believe there were miracles, but some of you didn't get a miracle this morning and let me tell you why you didn't. Because God is in the process of shaping you into something and you need those circumstances and you need that pressure and you need that discomfort because it is a part of the process. You know what? If you're a guest, this part is not for you. You Ignore it. Take a quick 30 second nap, whatever. I tell you what bothers me is some of you, if somebody will come up and put their hand on your head and speak to you, you'll get a word from God. You'll get your answer. But I can stand in this pulpit with a word from God for you. But you'll just check it off. It's not for you. There's some of you this morning, you don't need, in fact, you need to, some of you need to disregard what a few people have whispered in your ear and you need to listen to your pastor right now. Because for some of you, it's not punishment. It's not the devil. It's not the enemy fighting you. God's just got you on his wheel. And he's pumping the wheel. And he's using circumstances. And he's using his hands. And he's pressuring and shaping you. And that's usually not comfortable. It doesn't take you very long to do this. And you start getting off balance. We somehow grow out of that, but I remember as a kid, you'd do that for fun. You'd spin and spin and spin and spin, and then you'd twirl all over the place and staggering around, and then you'd do it again. I used to love those rides. I know I'm getting old because I, I don't, amusement parks and me just, I, I, I skipped six flags at Youth Congress. I'm just, I don't know, lines and, I never was the bravest person. I used to ride most roller coasters, but I just, I'm just too worried. I'm going to be on that car that gets to the top of the 700 foot hill and sticks. And I got to walk down the side. And there's one way to guarantee I'm never that person. Stay off the ride. I'm watching, you know those things where you sit in, you can sit like two people, and it's got these gigantic elastic rubber bands, and it shoots you up. I never planned to do one, and I tell you now, it's sealed, because I saw a video a couple of, just this week, a couple of days, these two guys are sitting there, and they're, woo, yeah, woo, and it's all, thankfully, I don't know what the delay was, but thankfully there was a delay, because all of a sudden, one of those ropes snapped. That's exactly why I don't do that. Think about all the people that have written in it. It didn't happen. Yeah. 
Not me. I, I like those. When I was younger, man, I, lo- I like that one where you stand. It's a big round thing. You stand in there, and, and it starts spinning. And by the time it gets going to its full speed, it is so fast, you literally can pick your feet up, put both feet on the wall, against the wall. Man, I love those. But you know what? For the most part, we don't like spinning, especially when it's spinning out of control. You don't have to put a hand up. You don't even have to give me a head nod. You can just answer you and Jesus. But how many of you this morning feel like you are spinning out of control today and you are waiting for God to miraculously intervene in your life? And I guess the bad news is he's not going to stop what's going on because the good news is there is a vessel that he has in mind that he is shaping and wants to form into something of purpose and value and the wheel is a part of it you see the problem is the difference between us and real genuine clay is the clay can't tell the potter what to do but for better or worse you and I have the ability not to tell the potter what to do but we can tell him take me off the wheel I don't want to become what it is this process is making me into becoming. The problem is there is absolutely no purpose or plan you have for your life that is greater than God's plan or purpose for your life. And God has a process. So this may not be every single person today, but some of you, the pressure, it's not life, it's not the devil, it's not punishment, it is the hand of the potter. And notice, notice, notice Isaiah 64, but now, O Lord... Thou art, would you put that up there please, Isaiah 64 and 8. But thou, O Lord, you are our what? He's talking to the potter. But the potter is our father. He's not just some stranger who is thoughtlessly, uncaringly shaping something. But it is the Father. God rarely, I'm not saying He never does, but God rarely gives you an explanation. How many of you have ever, this is not a trick question, this is a genuine, sincere question. How many of you have ever asked God why with something and He gave you an answer? How many of you? Let me see your hand. A couple of you. I, how many of you 
have ever asked, maybe some of you that just had your hand up, but how many of you ever asked God why about something and he gave you no answer? There's a couple of you that he got, you got your answer and then the rest, and then some of you that got an answer for one thing, you haven't gotten an answer for other things. And the majority of the time, you don't get an explanation. And you think, you think that somehow if God would just tell you why, it would make it all better. That is such twisted logic. I, I, my dad, my dad was, my dad was the fastest draw in the East. My dad could take with one hand, unbuckle his belt, pull it out, and by the time it got here, it was perfectly wrapped around with about six inches. Now, he never just spanked me out of anger. Usually when he did that, that was just to say, all right, this is serious. (laughs) But you know what? There was not one single time I got spanked. Not one single time did I ever get spanked that I was asking, why? Why? Why am I getting, why? Every single time I knew exactly why. And you know what the odd thing is? My understanding of why I was getting spanked did not minimize the discomfort one single bit. So why don't you quit just asking why? Why don't you stop asking why and start trusting that the potter is also your father? And if nothing else, if nothing else, just look at the hand. Look at the hands. Luke 24 and 36. And as they thus spake, this is after Jesus' death, this is his resurrection, he stood in the midst of them and saith unto them, Peace be unto you. But they were terrified and affrighted. And suppose that they had seen a spirit. And he said unto them, Why are you troubled? And why do thoughts arise in your hearts? Behold my hands. Behold my hands. John twenty twenty, and when he had said, he showed unto them his hands and his side. Thomas says, Thomas hears that Jesus is resurrected, but Thomas says, unless I see it myself, Unless I can behold him for myself, I'm just not going to believe it. And so Jesus shows up to Thomas and he says to Thomas in verse 27 of chapter 20, Thomas, 
reach hither thy finger, and behold my hands. Thomas, I want you to look at my hands. Look at my hands, Thomas. Why? Because there were nail prints. Oh, Jesus. There were nail prints in those hands that were signs that I'm the one who hung on that cross and suffered for you. And the proof that I really am the one is the prince in the hands. Is this a spirit that has showed up? Look at my hands. Okay, preacher, what in the world does that have to do with the potter? What does this have to do with the potter? Everything. Because that is the potter. So the next time you're trying to ask why and you're getting a little bit offended at the pressure that's being put on you as you are spinning on the wheel, would you just pause long enough and look at the hands and realize whose hands it is? And the one that's putting the pressure and the one that's spinning the wheel and the one that's causing it to be shaped is those nail-scarred hands. And if you can trust anything, if you can trust anything, you can trust those hands. Why can I trust those hands? Isaiah 53 verse 1 tells us, Who hath believed our report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant, and as a root out of dry ground. He hath no form nor comeliness. And when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him he was despised and we esteemed him not surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows yet we did esteem him stricken and smitten of God and afflicted but he was wounded for our transgressions he was bruised for our iniquities the chastisement of our peace was upon him and with his stripes we are healed the one who is sitting there causing the wheel of your life to spin and the one that is sitting there putting the pressure on you that you are so wanting to be free from is those nail-scarred hands. It's the one who suffered. It's the one who went through all kind of agony for you. So if you can't get an explanation, if he won't tell you why, if he won't change the circumstances, if nothing else look look at the hands I heard this story years ago I, I, there, there's a whole lot of really great stories that go around on the internet today used to it was just as email and then social media took it man there's some 
And I, I got to tell you, I'm a skeptic. There's a bunch of them. They're just too perfect to be true. And this, this may very well be one of those, even though it was pre-internet social media. But years ago, I heard the story. It was a mother who always wore a pair of white gloves because her hands were horribly scarred. All the time she wore those gloves to cover those scarred hands. And her daughter had a bit of embarrassment over her mother for those hands and was ashamed of those hands and After a period of time, finally, after sort of pressing for an answer, the mother finally decided to tell the little girl the story of why her hands were the way they are. It turns out the explanation for the badly scarred hands was an attempt on the mother's part to rescue that girl from danger when she was an infant. And what was ugly and embarrassing suddenly became something of great beauty to that daughter because she understood the reason for the scars. There's some people in this place today. There's some hands I'm not prepared to tell any of you exactly what the case is unless God tells me that clearly. But, Brother Rafter, what if, what if everything you've been going through the last several months with your health, what if it's not the devil? What if it's not a spiritual attack? What if it's a wheel and hands that are shaping you? And I'm pretty sure you wondered why. Maybe you've been brave enough not to ask or figured it was a waste of time anyway. But I I would imagine there's been at least a curiosity. Why, God? I I got a family. I got responsibilities. I got this. I got that. And You may not get the answer, but would you pause this morning? And if nothing else, would you look at those hands? No, 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 no. I, I, I know that doesn't, that doesn't answer my question. That doesn't answer. That doesn't answer why. No, it doesn't. But when I see those hands, and I see the scars on those hands, and I realize that the scars on those hands were for me, that the scars on those hands represented what He went through for me then I've got to trust those hands would never do anything to hurt me for the sake of hurting me. Those hands would never put pressure on me simply to get some kind of thrill for causing discomfort. I, I, some of you heard this too, but I, you know, my dad, my dad would tell me, he'd get ready to spank me, son, this is going to hurt me worse than it hurts you. Even when I got my last spanking at around 14 years old, I'm like, how in the world you think 
This, you know, I, I mean, my dad is, my dad is an intelligent man. My dad is an extremely, I, I know God and anointing and all that, but I mean, just as a human being, my dad is a very brilliant man. And that was the one time I always questioned his brilliancy. How in the world you are going to tell me that what you're about to do is going to hurt you more than me? I have no idea. And if you really feel that way about it, I'm more than willing for you to take my place and hurt less. It wasn't until... I can't do this as much as my dad can do this, but obviously I got a few things. I could take you, if it was still there, it's not there anymore because it was in the other building. I could take you upstairs to where my office was at that time. I believe it was during a meet meeting. And my innocent, precious, lovely firstborn was not cooperating. And I took her up into my office for the giving of her first spanking. And as I sat there and gave her that spanking, I'm not a big crier, but I had a couple of tears start to flow, and it was in that moment I understood my dad was really a smart man. And now I understood what I had heard all my life when I got a spanking, that it hurt him more than it hurt me. We are the clay. You are the potter. But before we acknowledge we are the clay and you are the potter, we first acknowledge you are our Father. I'm, I'm, I'm so far from a perfect Father. I, have, I don't know what it is. I, don't, I guess maybe it's the changes that are going on in our house. We've got this last year and a half at different times one of our kids out of the country or out of state and Timothy now in California and Friday night, Timothy's in California, Nathaniel and Esther are in Florida and Angie and Elizabeth are in Southern Maryland or Northern Calvert County, maybe not Southern Maryland. And I'm sitting at home with the dog How did we, everybody's off. I, I go off. I, I don't, I know if you're a teenager, you may not like this. One day you'll be a parent and you'll understand. One of my favorite apps of all time is Find My Phone. Because at any point in time, I can go on there and see where everybody is. And I went on there the other day and we have a triangle right now on Find My Phone. Three of us are here. One of us is way out west and two are down south. 
I don't know maybe if it's all of that, but I found myself the last couple of weeks, months probably, a lot of times sitting and rehashing and thinking over a bunch of regrets. Not regrets for abusing, not regrets for mistreating, but mostly regrets that, you know what, I, I could have done more here, I could have spent more time there, I could have been more present there. I say all that to say, if as a natural, earthly, imperfect human father, that's the way I feel. How much more does the heavenly father, not the regrets and all that, because he never messes up. But my point is, if as a natural father, I can feel that way about my children, there is a heavenly father. I don't, I get no pleasure out of seeing my kids suffer anything. There is no joy in watching them suffer. I, I called Timothy yesterday afternoon to chat for a minute. We've done a whole lot of texting since he's been gone, but I called to chat and what's going on? Well, we're, we're hanging out and they had a, they had a couple of computers set up and they're watching college football. And then he says, we're cooking burgers on a George Foreman grill on the ironing board. Now, you you got to understand, for some of you, you're like, yeah, so what? You don't know my son. <laughs> like, man, I, I want to wire you a hundred bucks right now. Go to Ruth's Chris. Get... If I... If I, as a natural father, feel that way about my children. In fact, the scripture says that if you being evil, if you being evil know how to give good gifts, how much more does your heavenly father... I, I didn't do it out of obligation. I did what I felt to do. I felt led to ask those of you that had a need to come down and pray. I felt led to do that. And I believe there was some people here that God was going to do something for you and change some things, but also knew, I know it anyways, but I knew especially based on what I was preaching today, some of you weren't going to get a miracle. You weren't going to get relief. And God wasn't going to change all of your circumstances because He's got you right where He wants you, doing exactly what He needs to do. And if nothing else, if nothing else, just look. Look at the hands of the One who is shaping you. And you know what? It's just... Most of the time, not all the time, but most of the time, it is just, it's circumstances that he uses. It's what we would just call life. I, I, I may not have the best perspective on this, and maybe I, for, please pray for me if I'm wrong, but there's a lot of things that happen in life I, I just don't pray for because they're life. 
This is life. If I get a flat tire, I'm not, oh, where's the devil? Where's the, there's a nail. Got out the shower this morning. I had blood running down. Oh, my God. De- no, the devil's not attacking me. I had a bump I forgot about. Ran the razor right over it. It's life. I'm not saying you don't pray. I'm not saying you don't, I don't. The bottom line is God uses and allows circumstances. Oh, my. Can you imagine? I'm, I'm quitting. I know it's holiday weekend. I need to let you go. Can you imagine? Here's this guy. He is one of the wealthiest people of his time. He's got seven sons. He's got three daughters. Life is perfect. He's got the life. I mean, he's got the dream life. All of a sudden, you want to talk about spinning out of control. On one single day, in one single day, He loses every possession. The Bible says as one servant is coming to tell him of a tragedy that has happened and livestock that has been lost. As as that servant was finishing up, the next servant was coming in. Followed by the ultimate blow. I mean, we, we got... We got a, we, some of y'all won't understand this or appreciate it. We have a, we have a dog. Sometimes I sit in my chair and I walk that, I watch that dog walking around our house and I'm like, what is that doing in my house? That being said, I have developed quite a fondness for that dog. And I can't, several months ago, you know, y'all, some of y'all live this, but we, we used to live it with kids. You know, you, you, you got four small kids. You can't do anything without major planning in advance. We made it through that. Now we've decided to put ourselves back in the, let's go out of town for a couple of days. Okay, great. Yeah, we're, we're going to go here. Oh, awesome. Uh, wait a minute. Who's taking care of the dog? And that happened back in January during awakening. And that was when he was still only a couple of months old. And it's like, we're going to go over to College Park for awakening and be a part of campus ministry or whatever. And awesome, great. But we're going to be gone five or six hours. And he's a puppy and he can't be left more than three or four hours. My wife's like, you know what? He's just going to have to go. He's just going to, he's going to have to go. We can't, he's going to have to go. I'm like, he ain't going nowhere. <laughs> Too late. You know what? I'd I'd be saddened if I got home today and something happened to that dog. But there ain't nothing compared if I got news something happened to one of my kids. And I don't I don't think I don't think Job had the attachment to those cattle that I have to my dog. But I know one thing when he came in and they said, All your kids in one single accident have all died you want to talk about spinning you want to talk about some molding and some shaping and some pressure you want to talk about a reason to ask why 
There's a reason. That's, that's something to ask why about. When you get to the last chapter of the book of Job, you get to the completed vessel. And he says this, I heard of you with my ears, but now I have seen you with my eyes. You got to spend some time on the wheel. You've got to spend some time with those nail-scarred hands pressing, pressing, and pushing on you and shaping you. And, and, and you got to spend some time where it feels like, you know what, surely everything, surely this is enough and nothing else is going to go wrong. And all of a sudden, something else gets added onto your plate and it keeps spinning and spinning and spinning. If nothing else... If nothing else, I challenge you today in the Holy Ghost to look at the hands that are doing the shaping. And based on the scars in those hands and why they're there and what He went through to get them, you and trust what he's doing. So bow your head and close your eyes, please. Somebody needs to take a look this morning. Somebody needs to take a look this morning. Is those nail-scarred hands that are shaping you and molding you. It's not punishment. It's not a being done out of anger. <laughs> some of you have got circumstances right now. Some of you it's health. Some of you it's family. Some of it's finances. Some of you whatever else it may be and spinning and it feels like the moment you think it's finally settled down a little bit all of a sudden the next thing comes along and you find it spinning again and then those hands pressing and pushing you you can trust those hands you can trust the one who's spinning the wheel. You can trust that whatever rate at which he's got the wheel spinning, you can trust that he knows exactly what he's doing because the potter is our Father. And the hands are those nail-scarred hands that old rugged cross Father I pray right now I know there's somebody it's probably more than one but there's somebody there's somebody you're talking to today 
there's somebody you're trying to get a message to today. Somebody that's trying to figure it all out. Somebody that's trying to understand it all. Somebody that's asking why. Somebody that wants an explanation and perhaps some that are, their desire is get me out of this. Stop the spinning. Stop the pressure. Give me a break. Let them see. Let them take a look today at the hands, the nail-scarred hands that are doing the shaping and the molding. In the name of Jesus. 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 On, just let the Spirit of the Lord sweep through this place right now, sweep over you. We we may go beyond this in a moment, but I understand this is the kind of message that some kind of outward demonstrative response is not the easiest of responses. I understand that sitting right where you are, opening your heart and your spirit is perhaps the simplest way to respond so that's fine you, if, if, this, if this isn't for you today if this isn't relatable for you today so be it but would you at least just be respectful of those around you because I believe God's talking to somebody today I believe God's touching somebody I believe God is wanting to show somebody today the hands, the hands that are causing the pressure, the hands that's causing the squeezing are hands that can be trusted. They're not hands that are trying to destroy you. They're not hands that are trying to abuse or punish you, but they're hands that are lovingly shaping you. realize some of you this isn't for you today maybe it's for you in the future but you don't feel like God's talking to you would you be sensitive to the spirit of the Lord right now and perhaps look around you because there are some that God is talking to and there are some that God is trying to touch here today you can trust you can trust those hands you can trust those hands the potter's not a stranger. The potter's not a stranger. The potter's not just anybody. The one that's causing the spinning and the one that's causing the pressure and the one that's doing the shaping is not just anybody. You're not just any lump of clay. It's the Father. It's the hands of the Father. It's the hands of a loving Father that understands just the right amount of pressure to apply, even if it feels like to me it's too much pressure. He knows what the clay needs. He knows what the clay needs. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. The 
potter's hands are the hands of the ones that was wounded for me. It's the hands of the one that was broken for me. I can trust. I can trust. I can trust those nail-scarred hands. They're not going to be too harsh. There may be times where the pressure is greater than what I want, but those hands know just what I need. That potter knows just the speed of the circumstances of my life that are necessary for the shaping of the vessel. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I know some of you already are, but I I just feel like there's still a few more that you haven't quite yet opened up your spirit to Him yet. Would you you do that right now? Would you let Him in? Would you let Him remind you of the care and concern of the hands of the one who's doing the shaping and the molding? I know this isn't the explanation to your why that you may have wanted. I know this may not be the explanation of why that you're looking for. But I'm confident that it's what God's saying to some people here this morning. It's not your your world is not spinning. Your world is not spinning out of control. The potter is determining the speed in which it's spinning. And it's not to punish. It's not to destroy. It's not because he's angry. It's not because you've done something wrong. He's shaping. He's shaping. He's shaping. You are the potter. We are the clay. You are the potter. We are the clay. Every circumstance Every circumstance in my life is under your control. Every situation in my life, it has to work according to your purpose and plan for me. Everything you do, everything you allow has to work for my good. It has to work according to the purpose of the hands that are shaping me. I trust. I trust the hands today. I trust the hands. I trust the nail-scarred hands of the potter. I trust the nail-scarred hands of the potter today. When I can't understand what's going on, when I don't like what's going on, when I can't seem to get a break from what's going on, I'm gonna gonna look at those hands. I'm gonna look at those loving hands that hung on a cross for my salvation and understand that those hands would never do anything to hurt me, to destroy me. But they're shaping me. They're shaping me. And molding me into what it is oh, he's designed me to be. I know the Lord's not done ministering and working in some lives, but if you need to go or you want to go, please feel free to do that whenever you need to.
has got to walk by somebody to do that, please be mindful of them if they're praying and if God is ministering to them. You're the potter. We are the clay. You're the potter. We are the clay. You know how to shape us. You know how to mold us. You know how to fashion us into exactly what you want us to do. You know how much pressure to apply. You know how fast to spin the wheel. You're not just a potter, but you're our Father. You're not just any potter, but you are our Father. Shaping us, molding us creating us into what you have intended us to be. Jesus' name, you're a good, good Father. You're a good, good Father. There's no other Father like you. There's no other Father that can compare to you. best of earthly fathers that there's ever been doesn't even come close to the father that you are you are also the potter shaping and molding us in the name of Jesus 